Hi everybody, uh, Steve Savitsky, and uh, welcome to Savitsky Talks. And today I have Rabbi Jeffrey Sachs, who lives in Israel actually, and along with Joel Wolowski, edited a book that was put out just very, very recently by the OU Press. It's called To Mourn a Child. Uh, Rabbi uh, Sachs, uh, how are you doing? I'm okay. Nice to speak with you. That's good. I'm happy to please speak to you, and uh, I've had a chance to really look at the book. I haven't read the whole thing. I've, I've kind of, you know, you know, kind of glanced at it, but I've read, you know, uh, quite a few of the articles. Very, very interesting and, and, and really heart, uh, heart-wrenching and, and moving. So wh- why, why did you decide to do this? Where did you feel the need was, and, and how, did you, how did you go about doing it? of essays, uh, some of which are original to this volume and some of which are reprints, uh, things that have appeared over the years in different publications, actually came about through our own family's experience, uh, my wife and I, on two different occasions, although Baruch Hashem, we have four uh, beautiful, healthy children at home, on two occasions we lost children uh, shortly after they were born. Um, and when that happened to us, uh, there was a packet of Xeroxed essays and reflections and pieces of writings that kind of go around, you know, hand-to-hand right. of the people that are in this unenviable club. Um, and some of them really resonated with, with us, and some of them I found very, uh, quite the opposite, off-putting. And, but I kept this file, uh, you know, in my... In my on my desk, uh, and we added added to it from time to time over the years. Um, and of course, there are many uh, important works, halachic works, hashkafic works on Judaism and mourning or death or avelut. There really isn't a, a, a work on the topic of of loss of child, a loss of children, or neonatal death. Aside from one uh, volume by uh, our friend Rabbi Yamin Levy, who uh, put together a book, also a reflection of his own tragic personal experiences in in their family, and uh, Joel Wolowski, who's you know such a important figure I know in the OU press. Absolutely, no, so no many, question about it. So many projects, right. so many important projects that you folks do. Uh, so he's a friend and a colleague, uh, and uh, and he kind of encouraged me to do this, and we worked on it together, and we turned to some people that we knew had what to offer and uh, collected the essays together. And then, of course, partnering with the OU Press, the book uh, the book just came out, To Mourn a Child. And it's uh, principally essays by parents, but we also felt it was important to round out the collection with perspectives of how the loss of a child, and again, sometimes we're talking about Miscarriage. Sometimes we're talking about the death of a of a of a of a newborn. Sometimes it's an older child, and sometimes it's an adult child. In one or two of the essays, um, but uh, to round out that experience and and how it impacts the larger family. So there's one or two pieces written f- by siblings from their perspective. Uh, one by a grandfather, and then we also added some uh, essays. One by a therapist one by a rabbi trying to address the, the rabbi's role in this uh, situation. Because as you know, in, in, in our halachic tradition, uh, a newborn child, we don't have the, the mechanism and the framework of the proper halachic mourning because there's no shiva right. uh, for, for a, a newborn child who, who dies. And 
say nothing of, of course, uh, miscarriage. And that leaves people, both the mourner, uh, adrift, but it also leaves the community and the family and the circle of friends adrift because we're all so used to the halachic system giving us the benefit of the kind of, you know, the script. Every, everyone knows what to do. And here you're, you're left adrift. And, and I know in, in our own experience, losing a, a young child, uh, very close friends because they felt unscripted. They were they were off the map. They didn't have the direction. Some very close friends uh, didn't know how to properly respond. They mm-hmm. they didn't mm-hmm. have a window into our experiences, so they couldn't they couldn't react in a way that that they felt they knew what they were doing, and and they gave up the opportunity to, to comfort mm-hmm. people. Um, and part of the book is also trying to address to give a window to other readers, to people you know, who haven't experienced this, what their role uh, should be in our community when, when, tragedy, when tragedy strikes. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you said early on that, uh, and of course, I would imagine, look, most people don't really know what to say, okay? It's very difficult. And so you said that, you know, you read different articles and people sent you things, and I'm sure people spoke to you, um, and and many times you found it comforting, and sometimes you found it off-putting in a way. Why? I mean, like maybe that give a, give us an idea of what 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 do people do sometimes that you know would make you feel that you know it, it's perhaps not not the right thing. Yeah. So I'll give you one example, which actually I think is given voice in a couple of the different pieces. You know, it's of okay. course interesting. You gathered together, you know, a dozen or fifteen parents writing about a topic, and you know they have this one thing in common, but they each come to it from such different perspectives uh, that you, you know, any two essays you could read and think, oh, gee, these these are really completely different experiences, and and surely they are. And in other cases, you see certain themes that resonate again and again and again throughout a number of the essays. And one of the things that you see is, is um, you know, imagine a young couple. Uh, and, and it's important to remember, one out of every four pregnancies ends in disaster. In the overwhelming majority of those cases, we're talking about usually, you know, early, early-term miscarriage. Sometimes a, a woman won't even necessarily know that she'd had a miscarriage, uh, but it's, it's a very common occurrence, uh, to say nothing, of course, of, of later, more developed uh, tragedies or, or neonatal death or things like that. So imagine a young couple, uh, as my wife and I were years ago when this first happened to us, um, and uh, a miscarriage or, or uh, uh, a, a, a child is born prematurely and lives only for a short time, doesn't survive. So kind people will say things like, well, you're still young, you're healthy, please God, you'll have more children. Well, that's a very kind of natural, reasonable thing for a comforter to try to say to, no, absolutely. to, to a mourner. Oh. Um, but it's, it really cuts both ways. On one hand, when someone goes through a tragedy like this, they, the, the truth is they're mourning for themselves. For however many months you were anticipating having a child, 
certainly for the woman, however many months carrying the child, or uh, couples that that have fertility issues, however long they they were anticipating or anxious about becoming pregnant in the first place. So part of it is your own expectations. The most natural, healthy, psychologically, biologically healthy thing is is for a young couple to have and want children. So when it doesn't work out, so part of it is you're mourning your own anticipations and expectations and 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 suffering that disappointment. So the idea that you'll have other children is in fact a comfort. <laughs> but on the other hand, the the the, the father or the mother will hear such a comment as something akin to I mean we would never tell someone who who uh loses their wife their wife is killed tragically in a car accident. Nobody would say to the person sitting Shiva, well, you know, you're still young, you can always get remarried. Um, mm, that would point. be... Uh, mm. so that would be rather, that'd be rather child, in, whether, insensitive, whether, right. right. Whether the child was, you know, you know uh, died after a miscarriage or, or a short period, or in certainly certainly uh, an, an older child, is a, is, a, is a unique human being. And no matter how many other children you have at home or will have at home, that child is lost to you forever. And that's an irreparable loss. So the idea that, well, you can have other children. So that's an example of something that someone is liable to say to somebody that goes through it, and it'll cut both ways. It'll both be comforting and also cruel. Uh, the, the, the mourner will 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 recognize the the truth and the and the the nichama uh, presence in such words but they'll also be alienated by it so what uh, do you suggest i mean i mean you know what what should somebody do i mean they come i mean i, I myself i'm sure the people who are going to be listening to the program have had to pay these shiva calls which are right. very difficult i remember doing right. one one time and uh, came into the room and the the mother and father were there. Um, they had other children, but uh, they tragically lost a child uh, who was, you know, maybe five, six years old or seven years old. Right. And not one person said one word. Just right. Well, silence. Look, I think so, that uh, I think that um, you know, I think that the halacha has a lot of wisdom, uh, psychological wisdom. Uh, as, as many of the listeners know, I'm sure the halacha is is that uh, you go to you go into the shiva house. You're not meant to speak. You let the you let the avel, you let the mourner take the lead, and everyone will feel comfort uh, in in a different way, and uh, will want to express themselves in a different way. And of course, I mean, we can't uh, compare the loss of an older child to uh, uh, a, a miscarriage. Someone who suffers a miscarriage. Um, a five-year-old, a ten-year-old, twenty-year-old. I mean, obviously, we're talking about the tragedy on a different, on a different scale, um, and it's going to affect the family in a in a much uh, different way, and certainly the parents. Um, so, you know, my advice is that if there are, the, if it's the loss of a child, and we have the the formal rituals of mourning of shiva, etc., so one should go, and everybody's going to know that they're going to a shiva that's different than the shiva they went to last month where it was somebody's 98-year-old father. Um, it's going to be emotionally a, a, a different right. map. And, right. and a smart person will, will a smart person will, will know how to respond. And, you know, the foolish amongst us, well, <laughs> we have plenty of opportunities to put our feet in our mouths. But in the case of, 
of a family who is experiencing loss without the rituals of mourning. So it's important to remember that we need to be there for those people as well. Uh, whether what happens kind of de facto anyway is that the family sits a kind of makshiva. Uh, in other words, right. in reality, they're, they're going to be at home anyway. And all of the kinds of social support and and uh, and communal support and the shoulder to cry on, and they need all of that anyway, even though the halacha doesn't mandate it. But we should feel... You know, our communities and our synagogues and certainly our rabbis sh- should all feel the, the imperative to, to provide that as well. And I, I think that that does happen to a great degree. And mm-hmm. there's some actually very moving um, uh, uh, vignettes in, in the book where, where people describe this and how, and how it happened. Uh, there's one, uh, really one of the strongest pieces of writing in the book is by a, a woman who, who lives here in Efrat, uh, Yonit Rothschild. Uh, she's a Rebetzin. Her husband uh, was a rabbi in America, in Florida, and they were in Australia. Um, right. come on, yeah, but she describes the loss of a, of a pregnancy when they were a young couple living in Riverdale. And she describes how, uh, how the rabbis in Riverdale, New York, were, uh, you know, were there for them and what they did. And she brings it as an example for what other people, rabbis or, or lay people, can and should uh, do. So who do you think the target audience is? It I mean, obviously you would imagine there would be rabbis uh, who know that they're going to unfortunately probably deal with this. Uh, you know there are people who families have gone through this, so people will buy the book and say, "Here's something that you might want to read." Um, yeah. Do you, you think it's a general audience also? I don't. I mean, you know, I, I'd be delighted that every Jewish home should have the book. But um, I think the book no is really a, a kind of a guidebook for uh, a guidebook for families that undergo this. Again, it's not a roadmap. It's not uh, it's not the DSM. Uh, it's the kind of book where, when you're there uh, in the midst of of grief, you can read and you'll see. Partially knowing that other people have been here before, even though everyone has to walk through that valley on their own. Um, it's important to know that other people have been here before and they make it out the other end of the tunnel. Um, it's important to know, uh, one of the pieces in the book describes from a kind of therapeutic point of view, um, that it's very natural for couples that lose a child uh, at any stage uh, to experience very severe strains on their marriage. Because, really? uh, because husbands and wives will experience uh, the loss differently, and it's the whole experience can be very uh, alienating, and, and, and etc. And it's just really important for people to know that that's really normal. Um, you know, sometimes even is that addressed in the book? By the way, is there like there's no? I don't think there's not a chapter about that, is there? Yes, so there's there's a chapter by Miriam really? Haim. She's a therapist. The marital challenges following the loss of a child. There are a couple, like I mentioned, there are a few of these. There are a few of these pieces towards the end of the book. One from the the physician's Physician, perspective, right? The role one of the from the rabbi. therapist session, and one from the rabbinic perspective. Right. right. Um, and uh, and that's just really important to know that you know sometimes if you know that you're going through something and and it's normal to feel that way to to have a sense of what the map of normal is, that's half the battle to begin with. Um, so that's an important thing to know to understand the 
the um, the impact on on siblings and the other children if there are the children um, in the family because while you're mourning the loss of your child you're still simultaneously parenting your your other children that's a very complex juggling task so that kind of map of you know of the experience even though no one person is going to experience it in the same way that any of these other people have, but to give a sense, so obviously the book is meant for those people, but it's mm-hmm. certainly meant for rabbis or therapists right, uh, okay. that interact with, with our community um, to, to have. And I think Joel Wolowalski, you know, he's, he's so, uh, my, my co-editor, he's, you know, he's so keen and, 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 and just such, has such seichel on these things. I know a few years ago he wrote a little pamphlet for uh, school administrators on dealing with death in in the school setting. It's, if you're a principal of an elementary school or a high school, so on any given year, a certain number of grandparents are going to pass away. Children are going to experience right. the loss of their grandparents. Yeah. Less frequently, and much more tragically, from time to time over the course of a career, a child in your school is going to lose a parent. Right. Right. That yes. is a very significant severe trauma that is going to affect first and foremost that student but the entire school uh, when an adolescent sees the death of a parent of, uh, of one of his, his friends so he wrote Joel wrote this little kind of like a, almost like a checklist if you're the school administrator these are all the things you need to be thinking about while you're in the triage while this trauma is unfolding in in your school community, which, thank God, it's not something that happens on a regular basis, like the death of a grandparent. And uh, uh, you can imagine a school principal going through it the first time, and it's just very handy to have this. So one of the things that Joel mentions is that the um, that the the school should have, you know, kind of, uh, you know, there are all the guidebooks to mourning, you know, in English, and over the yeah, past course, few years, there have been even more than come out. Right, right. Morning halacha and all these different books. So I said, no, you should have them to, you know, to give to the student. But of course, in order to give them to the student, you, you need to have them like in the, in, the, in the closet on the ready. So this is the kind of book I think a rabbi should have one or two copies you know, on the shelf for when inevitably it's going to happen over the course of a rabbinic career. You have it to give to the uh, Right. No, no, absolutely. I think it's. I think uh, it's. Uh, I think it's really and I well think done. It, yeah, and I think again, like it's the kind of book that if it's if it's around, uh, you know, other people, you know, will read, and you'll get an insight into. You no, know, what I, your I was role curious about is. something. I was curious about, uh, to the best of my knowledge, uh, you didn't write an article, did you? I wrote the uh, the, the introduction. Preface. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but all oh, right, but you didn't actually write a, an article about. Yeah, I wrote uh, the preface. As a matter of fact. I wrote the preface. Um, it was something that had been sitting on my computer for a very long time. It was a piece of writing, or it's, it's excerpted from a longer piece of writing mm-hmm. that um, that I had done after uh, after we had lost a child, and I didn't update it to reflect the fact that uh, we, we subsequently uh, lost a different child under very different experiences. You know, completely unrelated uh, types of things. Uh, uh, in one case, uh, in one case, uh, uh, my wife uh, had an appendicitis in the middle of a pregnancy. Mm. Uh, you're you're just as likely to have an appendicitis when you're pregnant as when you're not. Complete bizarre coincidence. And uh, because she had to be operated on for this appendicitis, emergency appendicitis, the the, the pressure on her system um, 
closer to going to labor early. The child was born in that kind of uh, borderline area of being a little too premature and survived for a number of days in an incubator and then ultimately didn't make it. So I kind of tried to write down some of my thoughts at the time, and that was the germ that became I the see. preface. That's what, that's that's what, what the that preface was, uh, the, was the motivating yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I, as I said, I've, I've, I've glanced through the whole book. I've read actually about half of it so far. I intend to read the rest. And I, I find some of the articles just so, I mean, moving and touching. Yeah. Uh, some of so, them really you know, are. it's true. I think that, uh, you know, people are going to be giving this book out, unfortunately, you know, in those situations. And, of course, Rabbanim should have them, and I think schools should have them also. So, uh, listen, I think, you, I think you've done a really wonderful thing. It's a slim volume. It's only... 170 pages or so. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, no, no, and I think you've done a very, very wonderful thing, Rabbi Sachs, by doing this, and, uh, you know, and and I commend you on it, something that's certainly needed, so all of the people who are out there, it's called To Mourn a Child, it's edited by Rabbi Rabbi Jeffrey Sachs and Rabbi Joel B. Wolowalski, and they didn't give you a middle initial, I'm surprised about that, Mm -hmm. and, um, and uh, it's available at the OU, OU Press, and uh, I'm sure available in all the bookstores online, and uh, highly recommend it. So thank you so much uh, for, for doing a really, really wonderful thing for Claudius Thank Israel. you. We appreciate thank it. Okay? You, uh, Bye-bye. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.